I did. I, I, I handled fear in a funny way. Like I'm on the floor during the lockdown and the, <laughs> the first thing that, oh man, Tabitha not going to like this part. The first thing that crossed my mind, I was like, man, I'm glad I got a good life insurance set up. But for me, I just was like, wow, this could really be the day. You know what I mean? Like the the seriousness of the serious seriousness of it kicked in. Like this could really be the day. What up, what up, what up, what up? It's Three Brothers No Sense. I am Tavares Ferguson, a.k.a. Ferg, joined my co-host Rozzy and uh, our national hero over here, Buff. Woo, it, ticker tape parade, all that good stuff. <laughs> if, you've ever heard, if you've ever heard black folks say, you better than me, bruh, you better than me. Because I might not have a job right now, bro. So uh, we're going to jump into it. Today is January 9th, 2021, the ninth day of the this new year. Um, this was a week that history will always remember in America because I ain't going to let them forget. But this is the week that we were supposed to, uh, I guess, what, approve? Certify, right? Certify, certify the electoral votes for uh, President-elect Joe Biden and Vice President Kamala Harris. And as you all know, that shit did not go as planned. So we're going to kind of jump into it for all you that don't know. Our our co-host Buff over here is one of the proud members. Buff is one of the, Buff is a member of the, <laughs> the Capital City Police. I don't even know how you feel about that right now, bro. So I'm just going to let you kind of debrief real quick, kind of say what you want to say for a second. Then we're going. How are you feeling, bro? That's how I want to start. Just like, how are you feeling? First off, y'all give me like a little visual signal if I'm talking too long, you know what I mean? Because I got a lot to say. I don't want to complete. I don't want the show man, to be man, just man. This this is this is your show. Me uh, we just hit us as supporting characters uh, for this one. So first off, you mentioned how it's 2021. 2021 has come in like Rick James. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's just, just disrespectful than a mug, man. Oh. Um, yeah, I I think I've alluded on the show before how I work at the Capitol. I don't, and I think I have said that, yeah, I'm, I'm Capitol Police. I, um, you questioned, was I proud? I'm still a proud member of Capitol Police, but I am embarrassed. I'm embarrassed by what took place. I'm embarrassed by um, what happened. You know, I work, um, the section that I work specifically is the Senate floor. If you ever turn to C-SPAN 2, and you see the boring room with the big desk and the blue carpet. That's my section with the senators. And, you know, when everything went down, uh, we had a procedure that we went into that we trained for all the time. And we went into it and I'm in there. Oh, I got a story about that, too. I'm going to come back to that in a second. But we went in there. We did our procedure. I'm trying to be as vague as possible about it. We did our procedure and then we wound up relocating to another location. Little did I know how close, I didn't know they were that close. I knew they were in the building when we went into the procedure. I didn't know they were literally outside the doors of the chamber. So for everybody, I'm sure you've seen the video now, the black officer running up the stairs 
like once he got to that second floor, that whole area, you know, is where the chamber is. Like, so all of that is happening while we're still in there. And I had no idea. So we went a good 30 minutes before we even saw any type of television coverage. But once we left the floor and went to our safe location, we were there for about 15, 20 minutes. Uh, The radio TV gallery people brought the TVs in and they turned the news on. Mind you, I know people in the building, but I still don't know how bad it is yet. You know what I'm saying? I'm thinking like 10 people got in, loud, whatever. And by the time we're at where we're at, everything's taken care of. Bro, they turned them TVs on, man. And I'm about to sound corny as f- right now. But to see the images of those losers on the Senate floor in the presiding officer's chair where the vice president sits or a member of the majority party sits to preside over the Senate. Man, that, that sh- killed me because I take that. I take that so seriously. Like we enforce the rules on that floor. Like you can't even touch the desk of a senator. You know what I mean? Like very select people are even allowed on that floor. So just to see them like stepping over everything and just treating it like it was Chuck E. Cheese, basically, it it hurt me. And that's, I, I know how that sounds. I know how that sounds. But if you work there and that was your job, man, you would feel the same way because I was reluctant to like even reveal that to my coworkers. And they was like, man, I felt the same way. Like even people that don't even work my section was like, I felt violated. And that's exactly mm-hmm. how I felt. And it was like a gasp in the room, just seeing those images of them busting the window. I was like, oh, you know what I mean? And so it just, for me, man, it turned, it went from shock to embarrassment to anger. And as each day passes and I learn more information, I'm going to be vague again. But as I learn more information on how things and I'm going to say how things were allowed to happen, what I saw some of my co-workers do, I do not approve of that and I want something done about it. That's probably the most I'm going to say about that. But the same that some of y'all saw that you so a lot of people have asked me how I'm doing because of the, the criticism we've been receiving in the uh, media, the jokes we've been seeing on social media. Man, everything that that we've been criticized for, we ourselves have said ourselves, among ourselves. The jokes, hell, some of the jokes were are pretty funny. Like the whole uh, what has better security thing that was trending, that was funny. Some of it, you know, because of our situation is not funny to us, but I understand how it's funny to others. So I can take it. A lot of my coworkers can't take it. And I actually suggested to them to just stay off social media for right now because the jokes are going to come. Hell, mm-hmm. we do it when it's another situation. You know what I mean? So we have to we have to eat it. So I feel like I've been talking long enough now. I want you guys to just jump in. But um, that's that's where I'm at right now. And I I haven't forgot that story. I'll come back to that story if y'all want me to. Oh, definitely. Oh, definitely. So <laughs> I, I'll, you got something you want to say, Roger? No, man. Uh, uh, the, the funniest joke to me uh, wasn't really a joke, but it was uh, just irony that uh, one of the ladies that uh, got trampled, uh, the medical emergency that ended up passing, she got trampled and uh, she brought a don't tread on me flag oh. with her. So, I'm going to mute my microphone. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man. 
So I, I think I'm gonna be the ignorant one. This this I don't know, Rising. You, you starting off wrong anyway. <laughs> oh, but, oh, I got I got Rising. You a jerk, man. You a jerk. You a jerk, dog. I I have no sympathy. Like, like my, my thing is for for y'all y'all know I'm probably the most emotional and most sympathetic guy uh, on this, and I mean. I, I I went into like military mode of I have no sympathy. I see them as the enemy, and I don't have sympathy for them as the enemy. So, screw it. yeah, uh, definitely. That's how I felt. You know, my big. I take it back for a split second. I was I was I didn't want shit to go south for them. You know, I didn't want people to die and all this stuff. It. it but then I'm like, you know what? This. Because for one, it wasn't over. Like, I'm like, mm-hmm. this could end really, really bad. And this could turn into a full-blown terrorist slash coup slash whatever. Throw those words in there, whatever word you want to use in there, because it had the potential. We can talk about later what, it, what we really want to call it, but it always had the potential of getting worse. And so what I will say is you mentioned your emotions. My biggest emotion from day one or moment one was fear and it was fear for you dude like being on the outside just and like man if this goes bad dog something could my dude like my my homeboy like he's there and there's nothing we can do and he's not getting in help and the world is going to see this is going to be you know this could have been the new 911 like this could have been something really bad where this I don't even want to know. Like that's why I called um I don't know if Tab told you I called her just to check in on her because I, I was like I could only Im- I know how I was feeling. I'm like, I can only imagine how she's feeling. And so you mentioned a, a host of emotions, you know, was any of them fear? Uh so I I, I guess I mean I did I, I I handled fear in a funny way. Like I'm on the floor during the lockdown. And the f- <laughs> the first thing that oh man, Tabitha not gonna like this part. The first thing that crossed my mind, I was like, man, glad I got a good life insurance set up. But for me, I just was like, wow, this could really be the day. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like the the seriousness of the serious seriousness of it kicked in. Like this could really be the day. And then I just tell myself, you know, I'm going to be unprepared as I possibly can. And I'm ready to do whatever it takes to make it home. Now, if it, I'm one of those people that if it's your time, it's your time. And I definitely, um, I pray every day. I, I never told you guys this. I pray every day before I go to work and every day when I go home, my prayer is the same every single day. I say, you know, uh, allow us to have a great day. Keep me and my coworkers safe and allow us all to go home alive. Unfortunately, I'm sure we'll talk about this. One of them was not able to, but that's the prayer I've been saying since I've been working at that Capitol. And um, once I get off of work and I'm headed home, I say, thank you, God, for allowing me to stay safe and allowing me to uh, make it home alive. So I just remembered that prayer and um you know, it's just what it is. You know, like I'm ready. I'm ready. Like we we do train for it, and so I'm ready. Yeah, I, I I'll just give a story. 
like Ferg, when you're talking about worried about Buff, and that was the first thing that came to mind. You guys, you, you know, we're in the group meet together, and that was the first thing that all of us. I haven't felt that scared really since 2010 when I was in Iraq. Um, wow. And it, it's a story. One of my uh, my team uh, got hit. And Ferg, I don't know if you were uh, had made it to Egypt yet when that happened. I don't think so. So I I t- took my R&R from Iraq into Egypt. We we had a great time. We uh, partied the Red Sea, as we called it. And um, so as we partied the Red Sea, one of the first things that happened when I was there was uh, my team got hit. And I'll never forget, I got an email from my team leader. And, you know, she she's trying to keep operational security. So she, she didn't say anything other than um, Lee and Duran got hit. And uh, that was it. And so I didn't know what happened. And, and you know, they call, talk about the fog of war and you're trying to figure out what's happening and everything. And that's what it felt like. And like my heart was just seized, man. Like I was I was like in that mode. And I, I, I traveled back seeing you go through that and seeing what was happening. I traveled back to that moment and how scared I was that I had lost guys because I approved that mission. I sent them on that mission. So it's one of those things that, you know, like I'm thinking, oh, my God. I basically killed my guys because I didn't know what happened. Luckily, you know, after I think it was like six or seven hours of me, like constantly trying to call, call, call. I finally get with my team sergeant and I talk to her and she's like, they're fine. Everything's good. They got out. Um, it's it's cool. But that was that that time of I think it was like 30, 45 minutes before you actually responded to us and let us know you were good. And that's what it was, bro. Like I was I was just like, oh, my God. I got to figure out what's going on. We we don't know. The fog of war is happening. And so I was so relieved when, when you just got that second to be able to say, I'm good. Um, you know, we're safe. And and so I, I, I thank God right then for that, dog. Um, and I'll, I'll let you know, I know your leadership. Um, I know what they felt like, or I hope I know what they felt like. And that, that we'll talk about that a little later probably as well, is I hope they felt like I felt like, oh my God, I put my guys in this situation. Um, And and that is the thing that, like you talk about on answers, I want to see answers. I want to see heads roll because they put y'all in that situation. And you guys remember, I I can only imagine like listening to you say that and thinking back on it. Because I remember when things started getting bad, I was like, yo, I said, yo, it's sounding pretty bad outside. I don't know if you remember like those early yeah. me messages. Mm-hmm. And then I kind of like went away for a minute. And then we, and then we start seeing text. We start seeing the news. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know? and, and so like, because it was, and, it was crazy. And I haven't it, seen the news. You know what I'm saying? Because what's, what was crazy was you were saying that CNN was still showing what was going on in the Senate chambers for a minute. They mm-hmm. didn't, they didn't pan to outside for a, a, a good minute. So like, I think you mentioned it. Like, I think, I think they, I think they, you said there's people in the building or something like that. You said something very vague. And I'm like, is he talking about the same building? Because <laughs> they're still showing. So I'm like, maybe it's not as bad as I think. And then I start seeing, I'm like, I'm confused. Raza, you're better than me because every time I felt a little better every time he checked in. Mm-hmm. But being medics, you know, all it takes is a split second. Yeah, yep. you know yeah. the situation, situa- situational awareness. Things change. You know, every that- time they pan to the news, I'm scanning. 
you know, okay, mm-hmm. okay, no, I don't see, okay, they're, they're pushing back with the cops. I wonder if Byron's one of those cops. Like my whole, every time I'm sitting, I'm trying to make out your silhouette. Mm-hmm. I'm just trying to make sure. And I, I, you know, we've had many conversations about our feelings towards police force and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And then you're seeing your me, the, the social media, you know, you have this feeling on one end, and then you have the social media, you have people with all their questions and their disdain or the, the, the jokes already coming in. And you're like, man, I'm kind of torn. Yeah. I'm really torn on how I should feel. Now my, not even torn on how I feel. Like my, my loyalty was all with you. My, my heart was with you, but it still is kind of like, let's see how this pans out. But I don't know. Do we, is Sophie there? Does she have a, a good joke for us? Are we going to light the mood before we go all the way in or we're we just going to go all the way in? We just going all the way in today. Right. They ain't getting no joke. Oh, oh, this ain't no, oh, this ain't oh. no joke. Rising um, has spoken. Okay, okay. <laughs> so, uh, I think, I think the, the, the first question is going to be, I guess the question that's on pretty much everybody's mind, because a lot of people don't understand how the f*** did this happen? Mm, mm, mm. You did say we was going right in, huh? Because <laughs> uh, I, have, I, have I have some opinions too, but I'll let you go. Be- well, let me, I guess we'll start and let you finish. Because I've had this conversation with people. <sighs> no, go, go. I'm, I'm done. <laughs> I, I, I'll step in from the outside looking in. From a military planner who's had to like try to help with civil disobedience and setting up elections and everything. I mean, that's literally part of my job as a civil affairs officer. Um, and I did it in Iraq. So it's, it's very easy for me to see that there were egregious oversights, egregious. And when you say they let them in, they let them in. There's no way that, there were so many missed opportunities to stop this. I mean, one, you've got their social media is saying they're coming to take over the Capitol. It's not like, you know, this was some spontaneous thing. It's not like it was a, Hey, we're going to do a rally to support Trump. And that's all they said. And then it spontaneously combusted to them breaking in their social media literally said we're going to break into the Capitol. We're going to stop this. We're taking over the Capitol. And so I know that there's people that are over intelligence that scan these things. There's FBI, there's CIA. They they look at this and they knew that this was supposed to be happening. And so from there, you look at I know that they're coming. I know they're trying to uh take over the Capitol, but I'm not gonna initiate either additional police forces for a cordon. I'm not going to have some perimeter set. I'm not going to bring in the National Guard to support. When you brought in the National Guard for a Black Lives Matter rally and had six lines, I think, of National Guard around the, uh, the, the Capitol building. Stop right there. Well, that was that was the Lincoln Memorial. That picture that's been uh, circulating, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that wasn't the Capitol. Either way, stop right there. Because this is what I always tell people. Like they keep saying, you know, if it was black and with black people, I'm like, first of all, when you think about it, they think black people are more dangerous. When it comes down to it, we have not proven in our history that we bought that life. Oh, black people! Like <laughs> as American, a, American black group, 
That's that Bernie Mac joke right there. Descendants of slaves. We're not about that life when it comes to that. Now, about our family and our own, like, that's different. Our homes, but we're not about to storm the Capitol. We're not about to go take over, take over the Lincoln Memorial. But these people are paramilitary. They, they've been taught. All the chatter says we bout that life. We want we want this shit to happen. I wish a motherfucker would. They, they are. That could be the Proud Boys. That could be their slogan. It seems like they are about I wish a motherfucker would. And you're like, you know what? We're just kind of have our same staff, nothing different. You know, we're going to go about nothing says when, when they say they're going to do something, I'm almost surprised when it doesn't happen. Like, yeah. I, I I feel like once again, black people, this is not our America. We're, we're, I can't believe this happened. We're like, where the hell have you been for the last 400 years? But continue. I just yeah. want people to know they, they bought that life. So just from that and all these all the intel saying these groups are domestic terrorists. F- all that, excuse me, screw all the stuff you hear about the other domestic terrorists. We know these guys are about that life, but mm-hmm. continue. Yeah, again, going back to FBI, CIA, I mean, I think the FBI director talked about white nationalists being uh, the, the biggest threat to national security. Um, so you have all of this intelligence and you don't act upon it and you don't prepare for it. And then we go into the whole as they press forward, you've got folks just kind of letting them go. And I, I, I get it. I understand tactics. I understand I'm not jumping into a fray with 10 guys and one officer. I ain't trying to jump in and try to stop them. I'm going to fall back till I get some support. Got it. I understand. So like the joke about the black guy running up the stairs, calling his location. I'm like, that was that actually was textbook what he should have done in my opinion. Like, yeah. that's what I would have trained my soldiers to do. Yeah. Uh, you're not taking over, or you're not going to hold off 10, 12 guys trying to advance at you. So, I get it. I mean, I understand the jokes of all, all of it, but if you've never been in those types of situations, I don't want to hear it. Like, and, I, and so I have been really, really kind of going off on a lot, some of my friends and stuff like that that are trying to make jokes about it, and I'm like, you know, you got to be in those situations to understand um, what they're going through uh, in that. So my hat's off to the Capitol Police, uh, truthfully, the the, the, the people, mm. uh, you know, yeah. the, the, the officers that were on the ground, that were holding their own, that were doing all they can. Um, you know, now I, 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 I tip my hat, but at the same time, I look at it like. Um, I saw a lot of white officers that were buddy-buddy, uh, jokey-jokey uh, with these uh, folks. And so I'm just going to call it out because I know Byron might not be able to. Uh, so, you know, I, I I don't appreciate that because my thing is that that that's that's some bull. You know, you can't be buddy-buddy, jokey-jokey with the guy who's actually uh, advancing on your position. Um, and I read an article, uh, I think, today where, like, an officer was saying, you know, y'all over there laughing and joking, and I'm getting my ass whooped on the other side of the Capitol. Like, yeah, hey, some, something's not right there. So it, it's it's just so much, man. Well, let Buff jump in, because I want to see what you say, and then we'll follow up with that. All right, so your question is how could, how to, what, I think your question was how to, how could this, this happen? Yeah. <laughs> I think it was. Yeah, well, and it's, it's always. I'm trying to stop playing. I had to bleep that one out. No, bro. This is just this. This gonna be our one, bro. This gonna be our one, bro. Just let he it, gonna, let it roll. You gonna have to put the uh, explicit icon. Yeah. But, um, so you know, I have to be. I can only be so specific, but um, th- here's what I'll say. How could it happen? So you mentioned how the proud boy said, you know, we're gonna we're here to take over. We're coming in. I will say 
previous protests and demonstrations, you will have similar talk like that from time to time and nothing nowhere near like it happens. Uh, I remember on the uh, the Looting is Bad episode, I was telling you how we'll get intel that 10,000 people are coming and then only 100 show up. So uh, I will say a lot of times we will get intel, you know, and I wouldn't even call it intel, just social media posts where, you know, the people saying what they're going to do, this is what we're here to do, and then they get there. They don't do anything close to it. Um, So whether or not my department took it that way or the other way, I can't speak on. I don't know. Obviously, I wasn't involved in the uh, the, the, the planning phase of it. Um, As far as support, I've been hearing so many conflicting stories. Like, I'm hearing, one story I'm hearing is that Trump denied the Department of Defense to send um, the National Guard there. And the only reason the National Guard came was because Pence wound up, Vice President Pence wound up making the call. But Trump, I saw that he thought about sending the National Guard to protect his people on their way from the White House to the Capitol, but not about sending them to uh, help us. But I also have heard that uh, the Capitol turned down these resources. And I'm not saying anything that's a secret that's been reported by, uh, that's been spoken by the mayor of D.C., Mariel Bowser, and other people. Uh, other agencies have said that we turned down their help. Um, so I don't know what's true on that. Also, the main thing I want to talk about is I think, I think there there was a lot of indecision on whether or not this is a shoot or don't shoot situation. Because we train for armed people coming with long guns or whatever, or guns. We train for that. You know that's a shoot situation. There's not a lot of, uh, we've never really addressed like, for the, cause I did see a picture of a guy in the building with a gun, but for the most part, unarmed people, but just a lot of them trying to get in. And we have spoken, I want to talk to black people for a minute on this one, because we have spoken so many times about how you shouldn't kill somebody over property damage. Like when we talk about riots, the George Floyd riots and everything, like that's not a a, a, a shoot situation because life is more precious than property. We had the argument on, I don't care if they're setting buildings on fire, life is more precious. And so to the, to the side that chose not to shoot to them, it's like, I'm not about to shoot these people over some windows and doors of a building. I'm not about to shoot them because they're uh, putting their feet up on the speaker's desk or whatever like that. But then you have another side that says, well, we have very, very important people in this building. They're breaking in. They're not breaking in to take selfies with the vice president or the vice president elect. They're coming here to harm him, harm them. Therefore, I need to use daily force. In the military, and you guys can definitely correct me on this. I think you guys have more of a a clear rules of engagement policy mm-hmm. versus not only police, but specifically us. Um, because it wasn't, I don't think it was clear that day. I don't think it was clear that day. So I want to speak more on that too, because I, you know, a lot of black people have had a lot to say about it. And it's like, I saw the meme where, and I, I agree with this meme where it says, we're not asking you to shoot them like you shoot us. We're asking you to not shoot us like you don't shoot them. 
But then those same people were saying how we should have shot them. <laughs> and, you know what I mean? Or, or, or they were saying, well, if it was black people, then we would have shot them. And so, okay, let's take that out for a minute. Let's take let's take race out of it for a moment. Well, no, let's keep it in. Let's actually let's keep it in. Let's say it was Black Lives Matter storming the building, doing the exact same thing they did. Those same black people would not be saying if we. And I know that the the thought is where well, you guys wouldn't have behaved the same way. You guys would have been more aggressive. Let's say we didn't. Let's say we did everything just how you saw this past Wednesday. But it's Black Lives Matter. Would these same black people be wishing we had shot them? So we got to be consistent on our answers, too. Do you want people shot for breaking windows and doors or not? Yeah, I, I, that's that's a great point. I wholeheartedly agree. I've had this debate with several people. Um, and I mean, even one of the things I said was about I think my one of my biggest defenses is defenses was. And if you ever needed to deescalate, this was the time. Simply because I could only imagine being in that that scenario. You guys were outnumbered, what, one to ten at least? Yeah, I don't know what the count was on that on those people, but whew, severely outnumbered, bro. You know, and once again, my interpretation of these people is they're about that life. This is what they've been waiting on. You know, we don't know how many people were armed. So, I mean, some, but That's you true. also had the folks in wheelchairs. Yeah, you know, yeah, they yeah. stormed. I, I, I want to know how they stormed the Capitol in wheelchairs. I bet. <laughs> yeah, they were already there. But no, my thing is like because you know one of the posts I saw was hide your guns. This is how you hide. Like I saw that one too. Ten yeah. percent of them can have been armed. Twenty yeah. percent. We don't know. We don't know how many people were armed. We don't know if it was just a if this was a ploy or a tactic to see. You know, this was a farce. This was just a a good way to see how far they can go and mark entries or. I, I don't know. But my my whole thing was like, what happens when they start shooting? Mm. Because if they would have got overran, we've seen it. We've seen people. We've seen movies. We've seen it all. Happen. You know, they got one person with a gun shooting at a thousand people. He might hit two. He might hit three. Mm-hmm. And now we're saying, oh, he shot three people. Great. That 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 yeah. did a lot of good. Right. And, that, and that's you know? why I chuckle <laughs> at the people who criticize the guy that ran up the stairs. Like, man, I would. He, did he forget he had a gun on his hip? He, he should have shot him. Like, it, it's, it's, it's at least 20 or 30 people there. And like you say, yeah, he may have hit two or three of them. But once the rest of the mob gets a hold of him and take his gun, then what? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's yeah. Oh, but shout out to old boy with the no look, um, like <laughs> that uh, was the pepper spray. <laughs> the no look pepper spray was uh, awesome. A couple of people thought that was me. That dude has hair. I don't have hair. <laughs> but that <laughs> did was, you tell him? I told you to tell him. Uh, tell him I uh, give him a high five or something for me. Uh, it was so. like a direct hit too, bro. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's hard. It, it's hard to like really spray because that wasn't like a real close pepper spray either. That was like, across yeah, the hall. Yeah, it was. Like, <laughs> yeah, it was, man. Yeah, no, that that was it's just it was just crazy. Um what you got for us, Rosie? Because oh, I, I got b- questions. B- before before Rosie, and one last point to answer your question too, how could this happen? Trump. <laughs> the president, the president of the United States riled these people up, him and his uh sons and his lawyer, and he literally said, We're gonna go to the Capitol. And he said all these things and he riled them up and he knew what he was doing and you know, while the Capitol is being attacked, he's not 
concerned about the safety of anybody in the building. He's concerned about delaying the electoral process. And the reports are that he was very gleeful in the White House and was wondering why no one else was. And so obviously I wasn't there, but that's the report. So when you ask how could this happen, the most powerful man in the world told his most passionate supporters who flew all the way from California, Arizona, hell, Seattle, to be there. And he pretty much gave them permission. Not even pretty much. He told them to go do what they did. Mm-hmm. And, 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 then and, and, and as they're storming the building, he tells them he loves them. It's, yeah. it's justified at this point. So we can't just stop at Trump. I know, I mean, if we're going to go there, we're going to go there. Mm. Because, I mean... There hasn't been one report I've seen that just blame just blames Trump. It's going deeper. It's there's there's some parties inside multiple organizations that had to be involved because it just lined up too perfectly. It just it just for to have a regular staff to for whatever reason, a National Guard just doesn't show show up to just like it's just so many so many things for this just to not have been for trouble. Like, oh, there's 20,000 people out in um, the front lawn. Let's 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 see if we can go get them to storm the Capitol. And hopefully the police will just let them in and not shoot. And the National Guard won't show up and all these things that led to this being. This 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 panning out the way it did. But I want to I want to make sure that we don't go down the conspiracy theory rabbit hole of this being a, a total planned thing. Uh, because that I don't believe that things happen. You know, we, we, we do AARs after action reports, after we do a mission and stuff like that. And we like, what didn't go right? Uh, because you can't plan all this stuff out. I, I, I do think all those things you talked about were oversights and I feel like they, they were bad decisions on top of bad decisions, on top of bad decisions that led to it. But I don't feel like it was this concerted effort with some mastermind out there. Uh, we know Trump's not smart enough to be a mastermind to actually put all this stuff together. <laughs> so it really comes down to, I think, because of the the complacency of everybody, because of the presumption of innocence of white people, because of the um, uh, lax response because like you said, they cried wolf so many times. You guys get these, the chatter online. They said they were coming for the million mega March and a thousand people show up, uh, you know, so it, it, it's very hard and, and difficult to make those calls. But at the same time, it's like, you have to look at the gravity of what is happening uh, at that moment. It's, it's very different from Congress having a normal session and y'all having, you know, people saying we're going to storm and we're going to do this. And we're going to riot versus you are confirming the election results. That's a very, very different situation where you might need to. Pl- it, it's OK if you over exaggerate your response and say we're going to have all of this, you know, security and then nothing happens. Fine. But you see what happens when you don't increase security and it does pop off. <laughs> Ferg, I thought about you after the election. You was like, um, no, not even after the election. I think it was after the states that he was contesting, after they finally certified like Georgia, Nevada, Arizona, Michigan. You was like, okay, 
Can we finally breathe? Is there anything else he can do? Like all his challenges had failed and everything. And I was like, are we good? Smooth sailing. (laughs) I thought about you because I didn't know at the time. I didn't know that Congress was going to come back in session that day and do it. And I was like, damn, my man was right. They're going to have to delay this. But um, it's crazy. I mean, I mean, what you got for us, Roger? Because I got questions. Um, so mine is uh, I'm I'm a jump off of the the white storming. Um, we're gonna call this the white storm. That's what we're gonna call it. Like purple rain, white storm. So this is the white storm um, of uh, what is it, January sixth. So past that, you we just talked about Trump making this happen and all the bad decisions and his inefficiency and his stupidity and. Him golfing one out of the, uh, one out of every four days of the last four years of his presidency, he was golfing. Um, so he really hasn't been running the country anyway. But he just is on cruise control or, or just ignoring everything that goes on now. So I want to talk about this new push for impeachment or Twenty Fifth Amendment, and I want to get you guys thoughts on. One, I guess we can kind of explain to the listeners how the the impeachment, the second impeachment process might happen. Uh, but on top of that, uh, your thoughts on should it, shouldn't it? Uh, and Buff, I know you, if you got to sit out on that one, it's cool. I understand. So if you want to see a dramatic play out of the 25th Amendment, go to, I think it's season two of 24. And um, that 25th Amendment comes up. But basically, I think it's the majority of the cabinet and the vice president have to deem the president uh, mentally incapacitated to um, to run the country or they can impeach him again. So I really want to talk more about the impeachment because I can understand how that may seem frivolous at this point because he only has, what, a good 10 days left. By the time the show drops, I think he had, what, nine days left. So the impeachment is important because, one, He'll go down in history as the first two-time impeached president in the history of the country. And I think that's in one term, in one term, in one term. And second, if the Senate votes to convict him, then all that 2024 talk goes out the window because if they convict him, he can't run again for president. Now, that brings up another conversation that we actually talked about on here. Is he more dangerous in office or out of office? But if they convict him, then he can't run for president. And then you have to worry about what else he can do not having the presidency. So I'm for the impeachment. I'm for the 25th Amendment. I'm for I I actually think there was a process where he could be removed from office that Wednesday night. He only made that speech on what was it Thursday of tape recorded speech because his people was telling him what you just brought up, Rosy, that you may be impeached or or the 25th Amendment may come into play. Because now you got this time last year he was impeached and the Senate was getting ready to have their trial this time last year. And no Republicans other than Mitt Romney, I think he voted to convict on one of the uh the charges, the articles. Yeah. yeah. All right. So thank you. But now you got you got Senator Ben Sass. You got Senator Lisa, Lisa Murkowski. You got uh, it's another senator that came out. Uh, but basically, oh, Mitt Romney, matter of fact. Yeah, I was going to say that you, you got them coming out saying, hey, if the House impeaches him and we, even we McConnell, vote. even McConnell was like, yeah, we can bring it to the floor. 
yeah, we, we can do it. So it doesn't matter if he's out of office because if the Senate uh, has, has their trial, it probably won't start until Inauguration Day, which, oh, my God, that's going to be a long day for me if they decide to do that. <laughs> but it could be that day. It could be. It doesn't have to be while he's still president. I just want people to know that it can be once he's out of office. If they vote to convict, he cannot run for president anymore. And he loses all the benefits, like you you said. So yes, yeah. so he might not get impeached, but he can get convicted. It still counts as an impeachment. Yeah, 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 yeah. He he. Okay, just, I, I'm almost certain he's going to get impeached again. It's the, yeah. it's the uh, it's the conviction that we want because had had he got convicted last year, he would have been removed from office. So that's the okay. most important part. Okay. Um, what do you think is more likely, impeachment or twenty fifth? Impeachment's uh, easier to prove. Impeachment because I don't think Pence um, he he doesn't want to uh, Pelosi talk to him, and he's he doesn't have any interest in uh, invoking the twenty fifth amendment. And I think it has to initiate with him. Mm-hmm. And he threw his boy under the bus. Like and, I feel like he just. Yeah, what? I, boy, I mean, boy, hey, hey, I, I just want to know. Y'all, y'all need to be as loyal to me as Trump's supporters are to him. Oh my God. I mean, my, the, because, ma- I mean, the those marriage rate, and the marriage rate would be 100%. If spouses were as loyal to each other as his supporters are <laughs> to him, the yeah. divorce courts would go out of business. Divorce lawyers would have to find <sighs> a new profession. But the, the best part of Wednesday were the interviews. Like to listen to those people just adamantly call themselves patriots in the revolution and just I'm like, do y'all not see what the hell is going on here? Like how how are you proud? Yeah, we're proud. I'm like, my God. But for me, um something has to happen because this is this whole his whole presidency is a catch twenty two to me. Uh we should start calling a catch forty five. Cause he's but this dude is just he was like if it if it if you like, impeach him I like that. If you impeach him, appreciate it. If you impeach him um or invoke the 25th, it's going to incite his base. And I'm like base. Like we can't just be the the country, our politicians, our new like everybody has been held hostage by what his base might do. Mm-hmm. Because it, we're, what were you about to say? I'm going to say it's an interesting word you use because to me, they are terrorists now. And you keep calling them his base. And that's literally what Al Qaeda translates to the base. And so it, it just matches up perfectly that his followers are, are, I hate to, I guess I can't cast that over everybody, but those people that storm that capital are terrorists. And yeah. mm-hmm. and that's the heart of his base. Those are the ones that he can do no wrong whatsoever. I'm not talking about the people who voted for him, but are now like appalled by some of the things he's done and said. But those people that he can literally have sex with their wife and they say, good job, Mr. President. Those are the people I'm talking about. I mean, Cacolden is like, you know, that's that's a big thing in porn anyway. So <laughs> how do you know that? <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying, it's, it's, uh, like I don't, I don't like no, no. I'm just, you know, <laughs> same, same for, yeah, yeah. bro. I'm just, I'm, I'm speechless, bro. Uh, pull out my old good old shot stock and say I'm flabbergasted, uh, bro. That that, but you're right. They're just 
they're so enamored with this guy and the idea of what he brought. And the thing about it is he's not a polarizing figure. Like just if if he stood in a if he goes to the UN tomorrow instead of uh, amongst other leaders, he's not like that's the guy. Something about him that stands out that makes me think he is the man. The guy looks like he's stupid. Like it's nothing <laughs> about him that just demands respect. But for whatever reason, people are just they hang on his word like he's the second coming. And I think at a certain point, you have to say we can't not do stuff because we're worried about what he's going to do. That's that's how we got here. Not what he's going to do, what the his base is going to do. Um, I think I kept hearing that, like people thought speaking out against him Wednesday was going to be political sabotage. You know, I forgot I forgot what senator kind of says, like, you know, this this might be the death of my career, but I got to say what I got to say. We have to do what we have to do and show his base that. This is the U.S., not Trump's country. And I rather know who's with the who's. I rather know who my enemies are. At this point, like I want people to put their cards on the table. Because I don't think this is I'll be honest, you know, this might be the conspiracy theorist in me. I don't think this is over by a long shot. Well, they said they're going to come back. (laughs) No, even after. Um, I don't think this is over by a long shot. And if he, if nothing happens and he's not silenced, like he's going to go on a tour over the next February and March. They're about to be crazy, dude. Mm-hmm. They're about to be freaking crazy because he doesn't have anything holding him back. He has nothing. He At this point, he has nothing to lose because if they're going to impeach him, they're going to impeach him. He's still going to be the greatest president that the U.S. has ever had, maybe outside of Lincoln. He won the they stole the election. They proved it to you. You guys went out there and told him what you wanted. They didn't want to listen to you like his speeches already written. Like, that's what he's doing right now. He's writing speeches. He's booking tours. I probably if you Google Trump tours February, like he already has speaking engagements lined up. I guarantee this dude is already doing stuff. We can't just keep. Being scared of him, I think the I think the country's gonna be scared of him for the, for the foreseeable future. Yeah, like politics- and, I, and I'm glad that social media finally stood up and they locked all of his accounts at least through the end of um, or suspended his accounts at least through the uh, until the election or until the transition uh, happens. So for that same reason, like he he needs to be shut down, and I, I think. You know, he can't even get on Pinterest. Like, he can't DIY nothing around the White House. Um, You know, ain't no recipes. Like, you know, he want to make a nice casserole. He can't even do that uh, because he can't get on Pinterest. So that was a smart move for them to stop him in his tracks, at least through there. But I'm just hoping, like, to follow up with that, they don't reinstate him. They don't let him back on those platforms because he still has that huge following and everything. I mean, let him go to parlor if they need to go to parlor. Uh, it makes it easier for the FBI to, to you know, monitor it. But it, mean, he's, it's, he's going to be on a th- thousand podcasts. He's going to be on Fox News. He doesn't need that. It's going to it's it actually brings his it brings his base all together. If you want to hear Trump speak today. Or what Trump has to say, he's he will be on Fox News today at five thirty to six forty five. And everybody's going to tune in. You can't don't trust a, Fox anymore. 
they got to go to like own, own or whatever yeah. it is. Yeah. Whoever it is, is but the thing about it is his base is going to be his base. I was debating somebody today. They were talking about he was able to. And Trump was responsible for kind of giving them the green light. But these people were ready to do this regardless. They've been waiting for their Messiah. They've been waiting for their savior to act in ass, And Trump just happened to be the idiot that they decided to follow. His base is going to be his base regardless of what we do. We're, we're not going to be able to stop him. They're not going to stop on the, uh, January 21st. Like we lost, it's over. We wait till 2024 to see if we get another run. It's, it's going to be what it is. What's, what's next, man? What's next? I'm over this dude. <laughs> so, oh, that was, that was both of you guys have asked your question, huh? I mean, yeah, we got, yeah. I got questions, man. Like, um, what you, you got, you got one? Nah, I don't have any questions, man. Uh, just go ahead with your next one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to see how I want to, you know, a lot of black America, it's been funny because a lot of the, the memes that were the funniest to me were the the black American memes like this ain't our fight. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like we we knew <laughs> you're surprised. We knew this was coming. Mm-hmm. So. How does black America deal with this? How. And I, how does black America deal with this? What should we be preparing for? And how does it affect somebody like you who, you know, like we talk, we talk often about putting on that mask for you. Like I could only imagine you are, you are ground zero. But my thing is how, how do we, how do we navigate this? I mean, it's, it's so many, we, we said a couple of times taking race out of it, but it's like, you can't take race out of it. It's, it's polarizing, you know, the. We, we navigated by continuing how we've been continuing because for us, and they're not going to admit it, but for the world, they saw who the true terrorists were, who the true threat was. You know, uh, the one of the things, I think we posted it on Three Brothers, as a matter of fact, it said, you know, we protest to, to, uh, to I forgot the exact quote, but basically we protest to stop the police from killing unarmed black men. You guys are protesting to protect your white privilege. We are not the same. And that was on full, full display. They pretty much are protesting because they don't know how to lose. They 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 don't like the fact that they lost. And I'm, I'm so glad people like Tommy Lauren, who I'm sure she found a way to justify what she said. But she was like, you know, if, if Trump loses, his voters will go to work the next day. If Biden loses... They're going to be protesting and rioting. Oh, really? Because what really happened? So we just do what we do. Um, and the people that don't want to get the message, they're, they're not going to get it. I, I see people already defending this. Like, well, we, we, we pay tax dollars, so we own the federal building. Those, that, that's our building. When their leader literally said, if you attack a federal building or a statute, you should be shot. You should do 10 years. You know, what I'm saying? Saying? so, so there's no reason with them. So we just keep moving. He's the one that's he. He was the one that reprimanded the Democratic states, the blue states, for not deploying the National Guard fast enough when during protests. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you see what's going on in the blue states. You know, you should. He's he is king of law and order. He's it's empty just, words. He's empty words, dude. Like the law and order president, we had the most. 
unruly things go on in this country during his presidency. He's not a great businessman. That was the excuse a lot of people used to vote for him. Well, we need a businessman in the White Office. He's failed at literally everything he's done. Everything mm-hmm. he's done, he's failed Including at. Including presidency. The only thing he's succeeded at is selling his name to buildings so they can put it up there and he gets like a, a, a fee for it or whatever. But he's he's a complete failure. He's not a billionaire. He's a he's a coward, in my opinion. I, you know, they, they follow him because he's good at the dog whistle. And sometimes it's not even a whistle, but he's good at that stuff. And that's what those people want to hear. And then you have a, a small other section that's like, well, he's tough and all this stuff because of what he projects. But he's not really any of that stuff. He's fake on everything that he projects. He projects toughness. He's not. He projects smarts. He's not. He pro- he projects he's this billionaire and this great businessman. He's not. You, you talk to uh, executives from NBC when they started The Apprentice. It's like Trump Tower was like this raggedy that that floor that they built the boardroom on. It was like this raggedy abandoned room. They had to go in there and fix everything up and make it look nice. He is created. He's a character on a movie. Nothing more. But they bought mm-hmm. it and they follow him. Well, what's, what's so crazy is you were talking about how big of a failure is bankruptcy is exact same as impeachment as a president. Like it's a, it's dude, you, you, you bankrupt as president twice. <laughs> like how you bankrupt as president twice in one year. <laughs> but because he bankrupted it seven times or whatever it is. As yeah, a business I mean, man. He's just, so he, 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 that's his thing. He so shows you. Maybe that's he's, what he's good at. Bankrupted. Yeah. So, 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 so Rosie, how should we navigate black people? Um, I will say, like, for those folks that say this ain't our fight, it is our fight. Um, it's 100% our fight because, and I, I, yeah, the, we dropped last week, and so we haven't even talked about Georgia and how it turned blue and how we won the runoffs Completely and everything. Yeah. And, and, and that shows that it's our fight because every vote does matter. Atlanta brought it home. Black people brought it home. Can, can you add? Uh, can we have a, a five-second Georgia a pause and let you put in a Georgia on my mind? The whole day through, just an old sweet song keeps Georgia on my mind. Good brother. Georgia, y'all showed up and showed out, by the way, too. Shout out to y'all. Shout out to Georgia, man. Y'all did that. Yes. Uh, So that in itself is why it's our fight. Um, But how we fight is what we got to talk about. Um, Should we be counter protesting and going in and showing up at the KKK rallies just to show that we're not scared or anything? Eh, I mean, we can, but does it really do much? you know, I think the biggest thing is going out, voting. We talk about voting local, making sure we go out for every election, not just the presidential, not just the big ones, not even just the midterms. But anytime there's an election in your area, going out, voting uh, and getting on the ballot. We talked about that as well. Running, um, making sure that, you know, people like us or at least that are our allies are the people that's getting elected on these things. So we need to get out and we need to be in the fight. 
because we can't just lay back and let America do whatever it wants to do with us. Because the problem is when we don't get involved, they give us e- equality and not equity. They they write all the laws that look like they're equal and everybody has an equal access and all of that. But then there's no equ- equity when it comes to actually how it's distributed and how we get it and everything. So we got to be in the fight and we got to be in a fight every day. I appreciate you saying that because I was kind of going to go there. Um I think we need to study what Georgia did and replicate that across. That needs to be our next move. We need to pay attention to all of these senators and congressmen and how they how they reacted over the last year. Four years and how they react in the the very near future and hold them accountable and show them the power of our, our voice. Like Georgia did it like hats off to Georgia standing ovation. Like you guys did it. Texas could flip. Florida could flip. You flip Texas, you flip Florida. It's tough for Republicans after that. It's tough. And no, I'm they, talking about local. They, we yeah, need they, they, to, they can't win without Texas. That's yeah, we, we need. And this, but this is on the local level and everything. We need to just show them how we do this. And what it's going to do is it's going to lead to a. Uh, a confrontation with his base, because I don't even think it's a GOP anymore. I think the GOP might be outdated for a while until we figure out how, because Trump is bigger than the GOP right now. Or was, and we'll see how this pans out over the next few months. Even the GOP leaders need to be like, okay, they lost some steam depending on how they, how they react. So, um, but I also think we, we got to pay attention. You know, I look at that young lady who I think was attacked and was that, Florida or California? When they snatched her wig off and stuff? Yeah. Yeah. Is his base, you know, like, even short term? Excuse me, we got to look at this multiple ways. Short term, do we need to be more vigilant now than ever? Or in more, in more than recent history, excuse me. Are, are are you, I mean, well, Byron, you're in the, you're in the shits, as we would call it in the military, but are you looking at things different? Like, are you you know, if you go to the grocery store tonight, do you need to make sure that you're armed, you know, like more than you would normally be? Uh, n- no, nah, I haven't really given that much thought, but um, for, for a lot, a lot of times I'm pretty, uh, you know, I got a rock to go with me, <laughs> but I, I, haven't, I haven't given it much thought. But I do like what Orazio said on how this is our fight. Because what you don't want to happen is you don't want the leaders in our government to start bowing down to white mobs. You know, I don't think enough credit is given to the secretary of state of Georgia. You know, he could have easily. He had the president of the United States pressuring him. He had his supporters in Georgia pressuring him. Uh, I'm sorry, threatening him. And he still stood up and did his job. They tried to do the same thing in Arizona during the actual count. 
So this is our fight because we know how mad white people, and when I say white people, you know, I'm not generalizing. I'm talking about racist white people. We know how mad white people get whenever something is done to help black people. And so you don't want to get to a moment to where our leaders in government are like, we can't do that because 10,000 people may show up here and storm the building. Or, you know, the next time we get a, a, a president similar to Trump, he's calling me and pressuring me. So I got to, it's, it's our fight too. It's our fight. And so I get the fact that I don't think anybody was really all that serious when they said that most of it, it was mostly a joke, but just in case, I just want to double down on what Rosie said and that, yeah, it is our fight because, you know, let them start talking about reparations or, or anything that benefits us and a bunch of angry white people show up, then, you know, it affects us. So we got to push back on that kind of stuff. Do it, but is there a way to take advantage of this? Like, I think with the momentum in Georgia, with us seeing this, this type of stuff. Yes. I don't know about take advantage, but learn from it. Learn from it. And please believe me, people, when I say this, this is not, I don't, I do not mean this in a derogatory way, but Georgia flipped off the hard work of a heavy set black woman. And the reason I'm bringing up her size is because we all know, you know, this country is shallow, shallow, looks matter, can't even really elect a bald president or a, a really, well, Trump is kind of fat. But you like all of that kind of or stuff. Or short. I'm, I'm yeah, short. I'm yeah, trying to be short. president. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and like literally people have said, you know, that's yeah, that's an yeah, issue for exactly, you. Exactly. Exactly. So what I want the Democrat Party to learn I do from like my this, president be able to see over the podium, but just <laughs> just. Exactly. <laughs> Don't be scared to champion black issues. You know what I mean? Like um, Biden, and I know his history. I know all the criticism he got. But Biden said some things that a lot of past politicians wouldn't say when it comes to black people. Uh, He even even recently now, he said Black Lives Matter wouldn't have been treated like this. Stacey Abrams helped flip Georgia. A black man. The first black senator ever elected in Georgia. You can embrace good issues that help black people without being without being afraid. I feel I feel like the Democratic Party has been so timid in how they address the needs of the needs and issues of black people because they don't want to turn off this mythical uh, blue collar middle uh, middle America white person. That person doesn't exist. What you don't want to turn off is more racist white people because they flock to the Republican Party. Okay, so yeah. they're and and they're they're going to stay there. They're never is, coming over to yes, the Big Ten. Yes, you're not going to win them over. Okay, so embrace the things that that help your most loyal constituent because. Truthfully, we should not be as loyal to the Democratic Party as black people are. Like the, the, the percentage that we vote for them, it should not be that way. Yet we do it. So give us something in return for it for a damn change and stop being so timid. But why? I had this conversation. I had a conversation about another what, what, uh, a totally different topic. But the thing about it is like. They're not going to lose our vote. 
It, it doesn't behoove them. But but they do. That's the thing. They, they do lose our yeah, vote. They can. Uh, what, what happens is they don't lose it to the Republicans. We just don't vote. Ask Hillary. Uh, and so, like, th- yeah, I think that's where Georgia, when you talk about learning from it, uh, understanding, like Byron said, is if you say things that bring black people out, we can turn a state for you. We can actually make the difference in that getting you to that 51% that you need or that 50.2% that you need to be able to win a, a, a statewide election uh, because we can bring out and double our um, that, that we're, we're a huge electorate that is very, very easy to either increase or decrease so, based on what you say as a politician. So I get I guess my and I understand that I guess my theory is. Will you win more black votes than you lose white votes? That's what it comes down to. And does it make up for it? Yeah, that, that, that's, that's the math that they were doing. And that's why they weren't doing it or saying it before, because they didn't think they were going to be able to get enough black votes for the words that they were saying to make up for the lost white votes. Mm-hmm. But now, because of changing demographics and everything else, they're starting to see that, oh, I will get more black votes than I'm losing. Because like we said, the racist whites are already on the Republican side. So- uh, I'm, I, you know, most people that are in the Democratic Party or they if you say something that's going to support a black person, they aren't leaving. Um, it's a very slim pre, uh, margin of folks that are going to leave based on uh, those conversations and, and those that outreach. And so you you are going to do that. And so I, I do think in 2022, you're going to see a lot more politicians running on black platforms and black issues because now they see the power of the vote. The most consistent lie that I heard about Trump voters, and it came out of the mouths of Democrats for the most part, was that the reason he got so many votes is because a lot of people felt left out. They felt disenfranchised. They felt like they had been left behind. Those motherfuckers that stormed the Capitol, them, them motherfuckers was lawyers. Okay, they had great jobs. They weren't left behind. They wanted to protect white privilege. They own grocery store chains. And as soon as the Democrat Party realized that, they can win a lot more elections because it ain't about being left behind. That's a myth. White people ain't being left behind. Are you kidding me? They're doing great. And those people that stormed the Capitol, they're doing great. They had time to get here and do that. They weren't worried about (laughs) losing their job. That's the first thing I would have been worried about. Ah, I want to mm. march with you, Ferg, but uh, ah. yeah, this this assistant coach at this university yeah. is uh, you know, it's paying pretty good. So hell, nah. you 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 got to sense yourself on a podcast. You're not even going and storming the nation's capital. Like you're just like, you know what? Don't want to say the wrong thing on this podcast and let this good old, you know. That is right. That, that, that's what's crazy. You're that absolutely is. right. You know, it's they're not worried. They're trying to once again. That's what being a conservative is. You're just trying to protect things the way they are. You don't want you don't want to see change. You want it to remain the way it is. You're not worried about being left behind. You're just worried about other people catching up. And it is what it is. Fellas, uh, I've enjoyed myself. I could talk about this forever. Uh, I have a lot of... Ah, man. I, first Don't of all, worry, gonna, we got a lot of shows coming. <laughs> yeah, it's cool. It's, it ain't going nowhere. Buff, be safe. Be safe. Take time for yourself when you can, bruh. I'm going to 
ask you on air in front of everybody this week, please look into counseling because the closest thing I can compare this to is because your mental health, like you're in the thick of it now. But I remember remember when we were in Afghanistan and we had that 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 day where we were kind of the line was drawn in the sand and mm-hmm. they literally had this in the combat distress team, the chaplain in, because when you start looking at people differently that you work with, that you had this relationship with, and it just, it wears on you. You know, I can only imagine what you're going through looking at your, your coworkers. Like, I really want to know what he's thinking, how loyal, if if hits the fan, am I going to have to worry about this guy? Not because he's, he's scary or like, is he really in it with them? You know, why am I here? You know, it's just a lot of different emotions you can go through. And it shouldn't take have to take something like this, but I think this is the perfect time to. It's a great gate opener for uh, counseling. You know, like you, you're not gonna have to go to find something to talk about. It's not like you know when I was third in third grade, I you know didn't win a spelling bee. It's just like nigga, I was at the Capitol on the six, and these motherfuckers, and that's how your first counseling session should start. <laughs> you know, so. And because uh, I'm big on it, bro, it's definitely helpful. And I know that they there has to be benefits for it. And what you got for us, Rosie? Closing closing shots. Um, I just want to say Stimmy's dropped. And um, no, I'm not setting up an LLC. No, I'm not buying property. Uh, mm, I might buy a watch. I did buy a watch, matter of fact. <laughs> so, you know, um. Folks, get out of people's pockets is really what I want to say with that. I mean, the stimulus was here because people were hurting. People didn't have jobs. People couldn't pay their bills. People couldn't go to work because they had to homeschool their kids. That little $600 or $1,200 or whatever it is they got is so that they can continue to pay their bills. Get out of people's pockets and stop telling them to commit tax fraud because that's really what you're trying to tell them to do when you tell them to go create an LLC and go get a, 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 a what is it, a COVID loan or whatever it is. So no, people don't go do that. Yeah. Use the money for what you really need it for. And um, that's all I got, man. I just got to get out. I had to get that out. You think they were really trying to get people to commit when I, every time i saw that i thought they were saying hey be wise with your money you know don't go buy the the new ps5 when it comes out <laughs> because two months ago you were trying to you were asking me for money and now you get twelve hundred dollars or eighteen hundred or whatever because you got so many kids you have a chance to invest or do something smart with your money once again you, people do what the hell they want to do but it's i thought it was kind of like be wise with your funds no, no, they were they were literally spelling out tax fraud. Okay, get an LLC <laughs> from that LLC. Go get a, a loan. Um, you know LLC then it, loan. And then did they recommend whatever any banks? you buy? They didn't. They didn't even say what you buy. It's like everything you buy a dollar out of um out of every ten dollars that you buy uh, spend, you just write that off on your business. Not saying that the the money that you spend has to actually go towards the business. Not saying that you need to actually have a business. Not saying you need to be doing something. It literally was like just create an LLC and you can go get a stimmy um or a COVID uh, loan for that and everything. Um, 
it's it, it literally was spelling out tax fraud. Did they mention um, any banks that were doing like uh, loans or personal lines? I mean, business lines of credit. I'm just asking for a friend. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> no for because a friend. all of them are, but all of them they're hard and they're getting more stringent because yeah, that they are uh, because people are are trying to take advantage of it and and get loans for stuff that you know wasn't covered. So it, it's one of those things, man. That. Don't just go out and do things without talking to a tax professional, talking to somebody who knows uh, and having a real business. Uh, Because, you know, I've I've even seen where people uh, say, you know, create a business and hire your children for it. You can write write them off on taxes. You can't do that without actually having a functioning business. That 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 part of the tax code was there for, you know, people who own a restaurant. And so they employ their kids, their kids are there, you know, from three to five o'clock helping bus tables and stuff like that. You can actually employ them as an employee and write them off as a tax, as a tax deduction. It's not just because you go create an LLC and you don't actually have a business and you want to write your kid off on taxes. Uh, that's called, um, you know, tax evasion. Um, and you're probably going to get arrested for it. (laughs) Good stuff. Good stuff. Um, I just want to say um, real quick, a lot of people checked on me this past Wednesday and even the days that followed uh, family members, friends, uh, you guys especially uh, checked on me. And I just want everyone to know it really, really means a lot. It means a lot. Um, I don't know. I don't know what else to say. I can't. I can't thank you all enough. I tried to respond to. I literally tried to respond to everybody individually. I even made the Facebook post because I saw, you know, once we got to the safe room that Wednesday, and I like glanced at my phone. I, I think I had like thirty something messages and stuff. So I was like, okay, if, let me just make a quick post. And I, I think it said like, I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm pissed, but I'm okay. Or something like that. Just to kind of let everyone know. Uh, Tabitha made me check in like twice. Like I told her I was fine. And then like a couple hours passed, she's like, I need to hear from you again. So I really appreciate it, man. I forget um, how many people know I actually work at the Capitol and just for them to see something like that. And, and I be one of the first people on their mind on, on whether or not I'm okay. I really appreciate that. So thank you guys. Appreciate you guys, man. You know, just the, the chats we had talking about it and discussing it and just mentioning things that I can't mention on the show and just being able to vent some of my frustration or whatever, man. I just really appreciate you guys for that as well. I hope you all enjoyed this episode because it went by so fast to me. Like even even with even with Ferg asking like the additional question, I'm like, damn, this this is like blown by, man. So um, interesting week. Um, they're talking about coming up there again, so we'll see what happens. Take us out, Ferd. Well, I'm going to leave it like this, brother. We are all praying for you, your safety, uh, the rest of your officers and your family, your friends, even your mindset, bro. Just like just to, to peace of mind knowing what you're up against. I hope that these ignorant bastards decide that, you know what, it's a lost cause. It's not worth it. Um, nothing good's going to come out of it. And take this L. Well, it's three brothers, no sense. Listen, like, share, subscribe, and comment. And most importantly, listen again. Talk to you next week. <laughs>